0: In the words of public enemies, Chuck D. Bring the noise. (laughs) From the Fifth Element Podcast Network, I am Charlie Taylor. And this is What's Good. Welcome back, everybody. hope everybody's had a good week. I mean, my week's been alright, you know, uh, uh, but I've got a lot to say, to be honest, um, that will come during the live segment. So on that front, I will digress and uh, get on with the show as it is, because this this show's a bit, um, this show's going to be a bit. Impassioned in the words, you know, just it's, it's going to be one of those shows where I have a lot to say on every topic. There is no music topic this week, I've just got three. I've got the film and TV, got the life, got the sports, and yeah, for all three, I've just got a lot to say. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Formalities, as we uh, as always, email, Facebook, Twitter, IG is all there in the description below. Wherever you're listening, however, you're listening, I thank you for listening, and let's get into it in a week where <laughs> families at the Empire Cinema in Ipswich uh, were le- said their children were left in tears after seeing adverts for a psychological horror, Ma and Scary Hooper's superhero flick, Brightburn. That's amazing. Would love to be there. And also in the week where a black hole is finally pictured for the first time ever, labelled a breakthrough, we begin with film and television. So i've I've been sitting on this literally for a week i've been I've been sitting on this for a whole week honestly it, it came it dropped the news- the news of it dropped about the time I was doing last week's episode so I kind of just thought well I already had the bath of the swords so out and I was going to talk about that so I thought I'd just let this float until uh until next week and here is next week <laughs> funny how the time works doesn't it so this is all about this is all about Netflix versus, you know, traditional film, and the catalyst for this for me was Helen Mirren, uh, this is via the Hollywood Report, saying, fuck Netflix, two cheers at the CinemaCon, so let's get in, let's get into this, um, Streamer Giant has been a huge topic of discussion so far, the annual gathering of theatre owners and Hollywood Studios, they going to underway Monday in Las Vegas, so that's basically what CinemaCon is, in a nutshell, so... You know, you can you can you can see it how you can see how uh, elitist uh, that 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 crowd could possibly be. You know, a lot of theater owners, Hollywood studio people. You know, it's just that's that's basically what the whole thing is. Um, so let's get in, let's get into this. This is by uh, Pamela Mc, Pan, Pamela McClintock and Katie Kilkenny of the Hollywood Reporter. Helen Mirren on Tuesday gave an outspoken tribute to movie theaters at the CinemaCon presentation for her upcoming film *The Good Liar. Quote, "I love Netflix, but fuck Netflix," she said, going to she said to big applause from the theater owners gathered in Las Vegas. "There's nothing like sitting in this quote. There's nothing like sitting in the cinema and the lights go down." Mirren then added, "I would like to thank you guys for making that environment possible." It's commonplace for talent to praise cinema on, owners on stage, as CinemaCon of course is. A lot of circle jerking in that place. The veteran actress' surprise commentary uh, prompted a plenty of laughter from the crowd. Miriam was also smiling in brackets. She also drew laughs when recounting how her very first film earned her an up-and-coming actress award from Show West CinemaCon's predecessor. Miriam was flanked by Bill Condon director of The Good Liar, a thriller based on Nicholas C- C- on the Nicholas Cyril. Cyril? Cyril? Searle Cyril? I don't know. novel of the same name. Ian McKenna also stars but wasn't intended. It's Good Liar will be released by Warner Brothers. Netflix has been a huge topic of discussion so far at CinemaCon, the ga- annual gathering of theatre owners and hollywood studios are going away monday many cinema owners won't carry a netflix film since the streaming giant doesn't horror, honor sorry honor the traditional theatrical window that policy has pitted exhibitors and netflix at odds uh, pitted. Did i say pitted right i said pit i think pitted exhibitors and netflix at odds ever since the streamer moved into the original movie space Earlier on Tuesday, Crazy Rich agent's helmer John M. Chu explained that he passed on a big Netflix offer to distribute the film, while MPAA chief Charles Rivkin detailed his organization's process behind allowing the streamer to join. Quote, here is what I know, we are all struck excuse me, we are all stronger advocates for creativity and the entertainment business when we are working together dot dot dot, all of us, Rifkin said Miriam's remarks came on the same day Justice Department sent, uh, the Justice Department sent the Academy of no- Motion Picture Arts and Scientist CEO Dawn Hudson a letter raising concerns about the Oscars eligi- eligibility rules and how it might affect Netflix Delraim Del Rahim Marie Del Rahim uh, Del Mar- Del damn man The Chief of the Justice Department's Antitrust Division Wrote that the division wanted to draw Attention to quote its concerns That may arise if the academy implements Certain restrictions in a way That tends to suppress Competition Unquote Okay so Here's my Here's my problem with all of this right And it's a big One right because you know I love Netflix. I am a big proponent of Netflix. I appreciate the fact that they are in every space possible. You know, they are heavily into stand-up comedy. They're heavily into the original film business now. And also the original TV business now. Which is good. Because, like I just said, they are all original. The point of Hollywood and... You know, theatre, as it is now, let's be real, it's bloated. It's bloated with nostalgia, it's bloated with unoriginality, it is bloated with crap. It really is bloated with crap. Now, what's great about... Net And obviously there are negatives towards Netflix in terms of from a business standpoint. But on the positive side, the fact that they... You know, mainly purvey in original content is a big plus, a major plus. I personally appreciate the fact that they do original films and original TV. I love the fact that they do that because I damn sure I ain't getting it from you know the regular Hollywood stu, the regular you know powers that be, you know the studios and all that. I just, I just ain't getting it. I just, I'm just not getting it, you know. You can say you can bitch about superhero films, right? You can if you want, but I don't. It's more about, you know, rehashing. TV has been doing this a lot, you know, and I did write an article about it one time, I think via Cagebird, I talked about it, and, you know, it is a big concern. Now, as it pertains to, you know, Helen Mirren getting all chesty, and the studios getting all chesty, here's my question. How can you bitch about Netflix, but you but all the you know big studios are currently trying to form their own streaming services? So how can you you know whinge about Netflix going? They're taking all the they're taking cinema goers and they're not going to cinema, right? How are you doing that? And then you're doing and then you're doing like you're taking their business model basically and forming your own streaming services. Now you can answer the fact. You can answer this by saying that you know Disney, for example, they're not going to you know put their films, their original films, onto their Disney platform. Obviously, they'll show them in cinemas and then put them on streaming sites, which is all well and good. But you are talking about something. You you you're kind of being a hypocrite. It's it's low key hypocritical, you know, just to say that and. I don't mind Netflix doing... I don't mind Netflix, to be completely honest with you. You know, they do... They are doing things... They're doing things in a way where... Which is new. It's radical. And, you know, like most radical things... It is scaring the people that are, you know, comfortable where they're... You know, they're uncomfortable. And it's fine. That's good. That's good that they're uncomfortable. Because it's going to force them to produce more original content... and, And just stop trying to, you know, just milk the audience and you know there is also a word you can say about the audience the fact that they constantly go to these rehashing films these rehashing TV shows and you know just taking what they're given why not try and you know always try and push the envelope they really don't Netflix is trying that and I applaud that I applaud the fact that they're doing it and I hope I really hope that one day Helen Mirren is in a Netflix fi- uh, film or TV show, I really hope that, I really hope that, because I hope people just really just bring this, bring this, I love Netflix, but fuck Netflix, quote, I really hope they hold us to task on that, because, you know, there are loads of people that, you know, are very are being very uh, standoffish about Netflix, but then, you know, a couple years later they're in it, you know? how can you how can you say so does this mean that alfonso caron isn't isn't legit what what are you trying to say here Because i f- i find that i find that's what Hollywood people are doing right now you know i get why they need to pander the theaters because obviously you know that's the direct line of you know distribution but what what you, what are you saying here what are you saying? What is your what is your honest opinion about Netflix? Because you lot are really you know tiptoeing around the fact. Oh, oh, you know they're not doing things the right way. They're not doing things the right way. You know, very political. You're being very political with your answers here. Be straight up. Fuck Netflix means nothing to me. You're just being standoffish. Just to be standoffish. You know, she was at CinemaCon the home of the circle jerk for theatre owners and studio owners. That's a circle jerk. That's basically what it is. And you're just pandering to that audience. You know, it's fine. Do you. Oh, rousing claps. Oh, good one. Good show. But it doesn't do anything. So if you want to combat Netflix, my advice would be to push yourself. Take it as a challenge. You know? It's, it, it and the question and the, and the question about, you know, or about... um. Audiences not going to the cinema, right? This isn't the argument. This this isn't the argument. The argument is not over um, quality, right? It's not over the fact that uh, audience some audiences go and watch or go, go and take Netflix over films. Then, mate, there's many reasons why people don't go to cinema. Sometimes the cinema is too, you know, a bit of a trek. Maybe the prices are a concern for some people. And I understand that. And it's and they are legitimate concerns. But it's not about quality. And the fact that they're making it about quality dumbfounds me. Because of course cinema is way better. Of course the cinema is way better. Of course I'd rather watch a film like Roma or, you know, whatever. For example, anyway. Of course I'd rather watch it on a cinema screen. And you could. Another thing you could have actually talked about, right? When we're talking about Roma specifically. Obviously because they obviously in terms of having to uh, in terms of jumping through hoops to get Oscar consi- Oscar eligibility, they had to show their show the film in cinemas, and they did. But you do you know what the only do you know the only cinemas I could have gone to? Uh, to see Roma, art house cinemas. So you're saying this? So you're saying that films like Roma and Netflix as a whole is damaging, you know, theatre going. I combat that with look at Roma. So if they're going to have to, if they're going to do any Oscar worthy film from now on, they have to jump through hoops and they have to put them through cinemas for a certain amount of time, which is good. Which I highly, you know, which I highly what's the word, applaud, I guess, you know, I highly think it is a necessity, I'm glad that it's a necessity, that's good, but it it was shown in art house cinemas, and I think, you know, art house cinemas always have a, they always have their place, always have their place, you know, you don't don't have, BFI, Showcase, View, Odeon, you know, they're all good, they're all fine, well and good, it's all good there, you know, major cinema chains, it's all good, but it's the art house cinemas where you can get real quality stuff, and real quality cinema at a lower price, right, and, you know, similar to like music in Bandcamp, you know, it's, it may, you may have to pay a, you know, certain amount, sometimes you you can pay what you feel, that's what some artists do on Bandcamp, but the thing is, is to buy it. And main, main chains, like Odin, etc., you know, they're not going to show Roma. They didn't show Roma. So you're bitching and moaning, and but you're not looking out for the little guy. You're not looking out for the outhouse house cinemas. Now, that may be just a, you know, a small piece of the puzzle, but it's piece of the puzzle, and it's something to think about. So, you know, this this battle with Netflix, Amazon Prime, etc., versus, you know, studio heads and th- theatres, is bollocks, I think. I, I do think it's bollocks. Because it's a radical way of watching things, and obviously the quality isn't great, you know, compared to the cinema. It is, again, it is not, it should not be an argument over quality. It's an argument over necessity. It's an argument over, you know, um consuming okay. Netflix watching something on my phone obviously isn't better than watching in the cinema duh but it's it's an argument it's a war over convenience it's a war over convenience and you know at the end of the day if you're not going to take a Roma then I'm fine with Netflix taking it because that gives a chance for people to see stories that they haven't seen before and that's all good that's all good in my book it's all good in my book. I'm happy places like Mubi and the Cr- Criterion Collection. You know, I'm happy they're here. Because, you know, you get a chance to watch things that you either couldn't watch because they were, you know, old films and you weren't born then or whatever. Or you just didn't have the opportunity to watch in the cinema. Sometimes it's just how it goes. It's just sometimes it's just how it goes. You, sometimes you can't always watch it in the cinema. Sometimes you're just unable. And that's unfortunate. But a bitch about Netflix about your whatever about your elitism, it's whack. It's a whack conversation. <sighs> All right, moving on to some sports. Okay, so I wanted to talk about Dwayne Wade. Um, he, he, as of yesterday, played his last game, and well, last game in the American Airlines Arena but no, at home, Miami Heat. He's got one more game tonight. Last ever game. They are officially eliminated from the playoffs, so there's no more Dwayne Wade from, from here on in after tonight. And I just wanted to, you know, salute Dwayne, because uh, he held, from a sports perspective and from a basketball perspective, and from, you know, he's a, he was the reason I initially started supporting the Miami Heat, you know. And... Uh, He's one of those he was he is one of those players that, you know, he was my first favourite. He was my first favourite. He was the first one I uh, that that blew my mind basically, you know, uh, later in the North decade, you know. He was not one of the first, but he was the best one I saw, you know, and I was just like, Wow, this this dude's great and he was one of my first he was my first favourite, and he's the reason why I support the Miami Heat in general. So the fact that he's retiring after a 16-year career is, you know, nothing short of amazing because, you know, we we rarely get to talk about how many, you know, know, sometimes sports can be a bit of a meat grinder, looking at it from the grand scheme of things, you know, how hundreds of players, you know, are in the league and, you know, in other sports as well and how many of them get to, A, have a 16-year career B retire on their own terms, you know not via you know injury or the fact that nobody nobody wants him. you know ha, ha, lo, take those filters in into account, and how many people do you get? Not that many. So the fact that he's retiring on his own terms is great. I remember when last year, when he, you know, announces announces this was going to be his last year, and he was in front of this, you know, spotlight, and he was going one last dance. Now, please join me. I was sitting on my, I was sitting on the sofa, just watching it, and it was just one of those. Um, it was just one of those, one of those moments that I'll just remember because you know, he has been a constant in my, you know, basketball consumption. Every time I, you know, I I, I peep a score or watch a game, I look up what he's doing or what the Heat is doing. Obviously, sometimes, you know, there were some years where he was with Chicago and with Cleveland, obviously, and, uh, you know, I kept up with him from that fashion as well. You know, I just kept up with him because he was just one of my favourite players, and, you know, I follow follow him pretty much everywhere. And, you know, he's one of of the idols because... Yeah, I saw a, I've saw. I've seen a lot, a lot of tributes, a lot of tributes. You know, there's loads. There's a. Uh, there was a. There was one before the game last night. There was a Budweiser one. There was one from. Uh, I saw one today. It was from Twitter. Uh, NBA Twitter, which said uh, pushing hard now, and you know they're all amazing. The tributes and stuff like that, because it just shows how much of a you know how much of a bigger. How how bigger he was, bigger than basketball, you know. It, he was he is bigger than basketball. You know, obviously not in the on in the vein of a Kobe or a LeBron, but as a person as a man, he is bigger than basketball. He he has changed a lot of lives, and it shows. And it's careers like his where he you know where he. Where he where he gives a lot back to the community in Miami, especially uh, to you know Chicago community as well as a native of Chicago. Um, you know how he is as a as a father as well. He's got a son coming up in the ranks, so he'll nearly be he'll be in the league in a in a couple of years, be up Zaire. And you know he's a. It is it is great that the fact that you know. In the pros and cons of social media. Some of the pros, you know, is that I get to follow my favourite player wherever he goes, however, you know, he can he can easily be one of those people that don't post anything, and I'm cool, and I'll be cool with that. But he does and, you know, he posts pictures of his his new child and Gabrielle Union and his sons. And it is amazing to watch. He is kind of an inspiration to me in one one sense. You know, from a sports sense, he was a, an amazing leader and an amazing player individually, and I admire that. But also as a person, you know, as a business owner, as a person who plans ahead, as a father and a family person, he's an inspiration in that sense as well. And I highly, you know... I highly commend that. So... I don't want to, you know, go on. Because, you know, it's just... It's, <laughs> I, can only repeat, I can only repeat how much of a hero he is to me. But... It is unfortunate that he's retiring. But I feel like he has prepared... He's prepared for it. And, you know, I think that's something that, you know... Uh, sports people don't talk about often. You know, how how sports can be unforgiving sometimes and how your bit- how you you know, the business side of the sport, whatever you whatever sport you're in, can be very cold. But he found a way to make it to to go out on his own terms. And I highly respect that. I highly respect that. In any form or fashion, if you want to go out going out on your own terms, is the best possible way. And the fact that he did it in an environment such as such as the NBA and basketball is rare. It gen it genuinely is rare. He goes out with no injuries. You no, know, he goes out healthy, goes out happy, and I highly commend that and I highly salute that. So, it's his last game tonight as I record this, and I just want to say big up, Dwayne Wade. Thank you very much for all the highlights you have given, all the joy you have given me as a basketball fan. And all the, you know, small teachings that you have given as a, as a, just as a man and as a person, I highly respect you, and, yeah, big ups Dwayne Wade, salute to Dwayne Wade. So now we're getting to the last segment, it's going to be actually quite a short show, isn't it? Um, it's all good. I wanted to, I wanted to be frank, to be honest, um... I kind of digress of how I'm feeling, you know. And now my week's been and the before the start of the show. Usually, I just say what, yeah, what's been going on. I've gone through a lot, you know. I like to when I go through these moments, you know, of trying to talk about myself specifically in terms of the life segment. Because sometimes I like to do that, you know, just to just because I don't really know. I always question, I was like, I always go to myself, who am I saying this for, you know, why am I talking about this, you know, (laughs) do people care, Uh, and you know, on the last answer, on the last question, I mean, I don't care if you don't care, it's all good, you know, it's my life, It's it's how it goes sometimes, but I'm trying to... I've been trying to put this in a way where, well, I don't, I don't want to make it deep because it's not that deep to be honest. To be honest, it is but you know, it's just how I'm feeling. I'm feeling a bit. I've, I've, I've had these moments of frustration this past week where, you know, I'm trying and trying and trying, you know, and nothing happens. When it comes to, you know, writing and doing these podcasts and doing socials for The Fifth Element and, you know, just doing what I do every day, it is a thankless task. It all is a thankless task. Now, this is not a matter of am I happy or not, because in the grand scheme of things, I'm content, but also on the other side, I'm not content. Because monetarily this isn't obviously sustainable. It's <laughs> I don't get money from this, I don't get money from the fifth element, I don't get money from writing in general at the moment. So it's just how it is. Now do I wish it wasn't how it was? How it is? No, obviously not. But it is. <laughs> but with that said, it is frustrating. You know, I do have these moments where, you know, I just, not a matter of, can't be asked, not a matter of that, but lack of, lack of validation can, you know, chisel you. It can chisel you and you start to feel like, you know, not worth whether it is. Yeah, you know, I feel I feel like it is legit applicable in most walks of life. You know, if you have a job and you don't get a promotion in a you know, in a while, you start to feel unvalidated and just not seen. Now, obviously writing and doing a podcast is a, you know, naturally judged by audience is judged by numbers. And I don't really subscribe to that, you know. I do check numbers now and again, but it's not a it's not the direct motivator for me. It's one of those things where if it's up, it's up. If it's down, so be it. You know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep doing my things. But it really, really, really just grinds on you. And it's even worse as a creative, you know, trying to be a screenwriter and stuff. Because, especially screenwriting, it is so thankless. It is so unvalidating. You have to validate yourself. You really do have to constantly tell yourself that what you're thinking is good, but can always be improved, and someday people will see it. That's what you have to say to yourself every time you like. Mean you know you start writing. You have to do it every time. And sometimes you doubt yourself. It is a lot of matter of down yourself, you know, and just, just, just again not feeling it. But it is more driven. But for me anyway, all of this is you is driven by is driven by fear in a way my biggest fear is getting a quote-unquote regular job and you know what I mean by quote-unquote regular job my fear is getting that and losing the energy and losing the drive to do what I'm doing now basically you know I feel like if I feel like It may be more a fear in myself that I won't be... I wouldn't be able to juggle both. And, sure, maybe that is the case. Maybe that is the case where I feel like if I got a regular... Just a side note, I hate saying that word, by the way. I hate saying that phrase, regular job. I really do hate saying it. But I'd say it just to get my point, just to, you know... um, just to get my point across, but you know, I do fear that. I really do fear that if I did that, I would lose energy to do anything else. And you know, the money will be fine. It'll be great. You know, there'll be. That's the only reason I can give myself at the moment to to do that. Money. You know, it's the only. It's the only. It's the only reason that I'd possibly do that but money isn't everything, it's something, but it's not everything, but sometimes it it overweighs, you know, the fact that I'm pursuing my creative endeavours, and it does mess me up, and I hope somebody, you know, relates to this in some sort of way, it's fine if you don't. It's it's fine if you don't, and I appreciate you for listening anyway and indulging me because this really is it. It's just me, just just I just hope you guys indulge me in this because I'm just trying to think freely here, and you know I'm not I didn't I didn't plan this per se. You know I put in my I put in my agenda my itinerary whatever you want to call it. My biggest fear not being able to do this. I don't mind doing all this by myself. That's all I put. So, you know, all the rest of this is just me trying to think it all through. And you know, that last thing I put, you know, I don't mind doing all this by myself. I really don't. I don't mind doing all this by myself because sometimes you do. Sometimes you have to do it all by yourself. And that's completely fine. You know, I've been writing on my own for years now. It's fine. I'm I'm completely used to it. <laughs> even when I even when I was like part of a team, shout fan Even when I was part of a team, I didn't feel part of the team, quote unquote. You know what I mean? When you in that case, I was writing for you know an American-based site, all in all based in New York, and all of the other writers, apart from I think one, for a, for a brief moment of time, were based in the US or Canada, and obviously. NBA that's where it all is it's all in the US and Canada other than maybe one game out of the year in London but you know that's not that's not substantial in any form is it so you know in do- doing that i sometimes felt neglected i felt out of the out of the loop you know not not in terms of communication i was always in the loop in terms of communication communication is fine but it is it, it it was a it was a you know bit, having that distance means something you know I started to realise that I, my time was limited because being in the UK and not being where Bar- where the NBA is you know once we once you know the our team started getting credentials and the ability to go to training camps and to you know actually be sports journalists. You know, asking questions to players and etc., and then there's me sitting on my sofa, writing three articles a day. It's a bit of a sinking feeling, and you know, in that in that moment, it was just a matter of uh, I I have to leave at some point because obviously I'm not able. The fifth element is fine for me because I get to you know write what I want, write about what I want, talk about what I want here and what's good, talk about what I want. On, uh, on on my new podcast coming soon. You know, it, it's that's all good. Autonomy's great. Autonomy's great, and I don't want to sound like I am, you know, neglecting that. I'm really not. I love the fact that I'm autonomous. It is such a great... It's it's something that people take for granted, to be fair. You know, when you have a... Damn, a quote-unquote regular job... Sometimes you 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 don't have the autonomy. You're just doing a you're just do, you're doing a task. You're doing a task and you get a routine and you get paid for it. That's cool. But there isn't a there isn't a middle ground to this. I mean there is, but it's very rare. You know, it's you know, it's very rare to, you know, say if you have like a I don't know, an Instagram page for for, you know, for for example, you know, you need to have You need to have that consistency, you need to have that constant flow of content. Or the same with YouTube or Twitter or any social media or any, like, video service, whatever. You know, consistency and, you know, quality of content is essential if you want to get paid from it. Not many people get paid for it. Not many people get paid for doing a podcast. Not many people get paid for writing about hip-hop. Not many people, well, they do, but it's not substantial. Sorry about the plane going through. Honestly, just a side note. I've been pausing this a lot because planes and my dog have been, you know, just making noise, and I've, and it's, you know, it's made me completely angry and it's actually been giving me a headache. But you know, just just so you know if <laughs> if you occasionally hear planes from now on, I'm, I'm not going to bother pausing because I don't care anymore. It's just all. It's just how it is, you know, and. I guess my, I guess my, you know, the other overall point of this, is, of talking about this, is, for one, one thing, you know, the same, it was this, the same went for my radio show. Uh, when I was in uni, at that time, it was my outlet, it was my, you know, chance to talk about why I wanted to talk about, and it's the same here. I wanted to talk about me for a bit, <laughs> and I hope you're a lot of fun with that. Um, is 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 sometimes just, it's just my way. It's just my way of you know getting things out. Sometimes you know, some people I don't know go to the gym. Some people paint. Some people go for a run. Some people read a book. Some people meditate. You know, there are a lot of things that you could do to just vent, or take your mind off things, however, whatever, whatever's ailing you, and this is mine, mine is sitting in front of a mic, and just letting my brain bleed, and that's, and I'm fine with that, I'm happy I can do that, because another thing, another dimension to this is that, I'm sure there are a lot of people listening, hopefully, maybe, maybe not, that would love to do this kind of thing, Now, on that, you know, same with writing. I'm always a, you know, proponent of support. Supporting people that like to do these kind of things just because they want to. Just for the hell of it. I highly support that because, you know, sometimes we don't get, we're not able to do what we want. You know, we're not able to do what we feel passionately about. And that goes back to my fear. I don't want to. I I, I. I. petrified, petrified of not being able to do what I want to do. But there's also that logical side of me that just says, "Go get a regular job," quote unquote. And just get some money and support the family. And don't do what you're doing. Or do it, but on a lesser capacity. That that that. that two sides, that two sides grinds my head just grinds in the middle of my head every time, logic versus logic versus passion you know and passion's winning now but there will there may come a time where logic will prevail and logic will put his foot down so to speak Excuse the plane. And, you know, it is just... It, it does it does petrify me. But on the flip side, I do feel lucky to be able to do this. You know, I do feel... You know, appreciative of the fact that you people... Uh, that, you know, you guys listen to me. Some, some of you listen on a weekly basis. And I highly appreciate you, honestly. You know, so at some point, I truly do believe that this will be something worthwhile not from a mental standpoint not from a you know fulfillment standpoint but from a monetary standpoint i think it will i'm i'm confident in myself that it will bear fruit i mean i have to think that right <laughs> i have to think that because if i did it then well would i you know i'd be long gone from doing this but i really do believe that this is something that i that i want to, obviously want to do, and I believe that it will come, it will bear fruit someday. You know, I have a lot to be, I have a lot to be thankful for, and I hope I didn't, I hope I don't sound, you know, stroppy, well, I I am stroppy, but (laughs) I, I hope that I don't sound like I'm bitching and moaning, because I'm not, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I've just got a lot going through in my head, and I, I know, you know, everyone has that, where, they have a lot going in their head, and they can't, they can't let it out, and they can't, you know, they can't articulate it properly, and that that breaks me. Because if I couldn't do that, if I couldn't articulate how I'm feeling, like I'm trying to do now, it would, it would, you know, that that's a, that's a you know that's a step to madness, surely. If you can't articulate what's going on with you and i think what's going on with me right now is just that the logic versus passion battle in my head is just is just heating up and is literally giving me a headache i literally have a headache I'm, I'm i'm a pop a couple paracetamol when i'm done when i'm done for real um but yeah again i don't know who this is for if you're in the same boat as me um i hope it i hope this is Helped in some form of fashion. If you, if you, you know, if you're in a rut in some sort, just find a way to articulate. Find a way to articulate. It could, it can't, it doesn't have to be, you know, as blase as a podcast. <laughs> it can just be a diary entry. It could be a voice memo to yourself. I do that sometimes. I do that sometimes. Not every, not every, not all the time. I only do it when I'm in my worst state. You know, I, uh, it's usually in the middle of the night when I can't sleep and I've got a lot on my mind. I just put my phone next to me, put on the voice record, and I just talk. I don't listen back to it, but I just talk, and it goes on for however long it needs to be. And you know, as long as you have that outlet, you'll be fine. If you can, if you can talk to yourself about and about, and you can articulate what is going wrong with you and what you don't like about yourself or what you don't like about your situation whatever it is that's a great step because once you once you acknowledge it you can make steps towards making a decision on what to do next you know and one thing we all have is time Sometimes sometimes as a lot of people, you know, tell me that, yeah, you I know, I ain't got the time for it. I ain't got the time for this. Make time because it's necessary. It's you. You know? It is it is you and only you that can sort yourself out. I truly believe that every time. Always you that can sort yourself out. It, you can't you can't have someone do it for you. You can have someone support you. That's a different thing. You can have someone support you. You can, you can have someone just, you know, I don't know, make you some food. That's that's a form of support. You can have someone give you a hug. You can have someone give you a word of encouragement. That's all good. But at the end of the day, it's up to you to lift yourself up. And sometimes I'm just at that point where, you know, I need to lift myself up. And this is kind of what this is. ah. <sighs> I felt good. I felt good. So yeah, I'm going to end the show there. Um, I, I I hope you guys have enjoyed this um, kind of short, kind of shortish episode. Obviously, it's about forty five minutes, and that's about three topics worth. So you know, consistent. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I'm if I'm anything in this world, I'd want to be consistent. <laughs> so I'm glad I'm consistent. Uh, I hope you know. I hope this. I hope this has helped you know, in some form or fashion to you. You know, if it if it if it doesn't and you just, you know, enjoy listening, then fine that's good too. But if you can relate in any way, then that's good too. And I feel like, you know, you need to just validate yourself and sometimes I forget about that for myself where you know, I crave for it sometimes and, you know, sometimes it's just not there. Yeah, sometimes it's just not there and you just have to go, Okay, it's not there. I've got to do it myself. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Um, this is very different to <laughs> to the to a usual episode, I must admit. But you know, that goes sometimes. <sighs> For the Fifth Element Podcast Network, I am Charlie Taylor. This has been what's good. I shall see you guys next week. www for that one link on the Hollywood Reporter uh, and thank you for listening wherever you're listening, however you're listening I appreciate you have a good week I'll try and have a good week as well take it easy John. jump